Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Appleton and Stevens Point. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us here this morning at Celebration Church. Good morning to you guys over in Stevens Point in Appleton this morning. Hope you all have been having a wonderful <clears throat> beginning to the new year. It is the new year. Now, I have a very simple message I want to bring with you this morning uh, and, and fairly short. Before I do that, I got just a little bit of an update for those of you who are visiting, if you just kind of bear with us a bit. Uh, we have been uh, we're at the end, coming to the end of a campaign, a special fundraising campaign. We've been trying to raise $1.2 million. Uh, we've been at it coming up now on, on three years or whatever the date is. But uh, we want to just give a, we've been calling it Go Beyond. Uh, it's about a campaign about expanding our reach, building the church in Green Bay, Appleton, Stevens Point, and around the world. Uh, three major initiatives. Number one, we wanted to secure the, found, the future of the church, the more financially stable the church becomes, the less debt we have, the more secure the future of the church. Uh, we wanted to expand the multi-site broadcast capabilities of the church, because we are a multi-site church. Um, <clears throat> Appleton, Stevens Point, uh, we have a Latino campus, uh, people who watch us online, all kinds of things like that. Uh, and then our uh, missions and outreach efforts. Uh, now, the first thing we did, we wanted to expand... I'm sorry, less debt, more ministry. I'm missing that. We'll find out. Less debt, more ministry. Uh, that's number one, securing the future. The less debt we have, the more ministry we can do, frees us up. Uh, we were able to reduce uh, the church facility debt by a little over half a million dollars. So praise the Lord for that. And then we were able to uh, upgrade the uh, uh, Appleton's kid spaces. Take pictures of these things. Uh, you'd have to see what it was like before. It was quite horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they did a fabulous job of reworking that. Uh, Pastor Ross started with uh, Pastor Chad, and, uh, and uh, they just kept building on it. So now it's a great facility there. In, in the beginning, it was so creepy down there, and so uh, nobody wanted to take their kids to church. It's uh, <clears throat> not good. Uh, so, so we did that. What's our next slide here? Because these are all messed up now. All right, we uh, expanded our multi-site broadcast capabilities, upgraded our video and uh, experience to high definition. Now, uh, up until this point, uh, it was just regular definition, you know, square screens and that sort of thing. And now it's uh, the uh, 16 by 9 screens and the pictures are much clearer, which helps looking at my pretty face every service, and it really makes a big difference for the Appleton and Stevens Point campuses because it's more live, it's like it's more of a connection versus looking at a fuzzy screen. Uh, the better we can do that, the more uh, connected we are all uh, as, as one church, even though we're different locations. Uh, 
We're able now to broadcast our sermons live every Sunday and Wednesday. Now, not such a big deal for us in this campus, but in the other campuses, what we were doing is I would speak on a subject on whatever, and then they would take the DVDs and recordings, and we'd get it to them, and they'd listen to it the next Sunday. It was still okay, but it wasn't live. It wasn't that live connection. There's just something different about that. We were able to improve that as a result of this campaign. Now everything is live. We also have the online uh, element of the church, which we put together primarily to minister to the people that belong to this congregation, because a lot of times uh, you might be out of town, you can't connect, even myself on the road, uh, I'm able to pick up my uh, iPhone and see what you guys are doing back here. And, uh, and, it's, and it's very cool. We've had uh, 39,000 views on our online campus during this period. So that's, that's pretty cool. And it's not just our people. There's people all over the country who uh, watch the services, people all over the world. We get emails regularly from, you know, parts unknown, Australia, Eastern Europe recently. Uh, well, people say, so thankful that you guys do that because we're able to be part of uh, what you guys are doing. We love the, the ministry that comes out of the church. So that's been very cool that we were able to do that and uh, build that out. What's my next slide? Because these are all jacked up. All right. <clears throat> uh, we were able to fund uh, our church TV outreach, uh, which uh, reaches, now the potential is hundreds of thousands of people in all of northeastern Wisconsin and north central Wisconsin. Obviously not everybody listens to our channel on a Sunday morning. So they do surveys and they get their ratings and stuff like that. So consistently we're reaching a little over 2,000 homes on a Sunday morning, which add how many people are in those homes. So we got thousands of people every Sunday who listen to the ministry that happens here at Celebration Church. It's actually one of the biggest feeders that we have to Celebration Church. Many people who come to us for the first time, many of you who came to us for the first time and became part of our church, did so because you saw us on television. And you listened to it, and you thought, oh, I would like to check this out more, and came and stuff like that. So it's still really a major thing that we do uh, every Sunday. Um, we also were able to do some neat things with the uh, print media, uh, social media, um, the, the billboard marketing campaign we did. You guys remember that? Go to heaven campaign, which was because some people in town put up this really offensive message all over the city that basically says, go to hell. It didn't say basically. It said, go to hell, right? Yeah. Sorry where there's this wonderful message all over the city. Go to hell, go to hell. Go. I thought, you know, let's come up with our own. So we put up billboards all over the city, go to heaven. You know, and uh, whereas they had their taglines, we had, you know, ours, and it was, uh, actually, it was really rather effective. It's amazing how many people saw that, and it made it on the news and everything like that. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, we were only able to keep it up for a month. Something I would love to do as we get into the next things that we do is I would love to, uh, this won't affect Appleton and Stevens Point directly, be, uh, but in Green Bay. The reason is, is because it's almost as expensive in Stevens Point and Apple as to do it in Green Bay. The campuses there are a lot smaller. It's harder for that congregations there to support it because it's rather expensive. All that to say, to do a billboard campaign in the city. The one thing I'd like to do is, and we've talked to the company, and they're all fine with it, if we can raise the money for it, is the big electronic one on 172 that you cross all the time back and forth like that. Is uh, I'd like to buy that sucker for a year. And... Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and what is it? It just pops, it rotates with the other things. You know, every seven seconds, you know, boom, a new thing. It just constantly come up, you know, cool little things that we could be saying to our community and just really get a presence uh, of, you know, that we're here. Because believe it or not, as big as this church is comparatively uh, in the area and the stuff that we do, the truth is most people don't even know we exist. All right? We want them to know so that we can reach as many people as possible. How can they hear if they don't know you exist, right? So, uh, so that's important. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, our missions outreach, we're able to uh, increase uh, quite a bit. Let's pop to the next slide real quick. Um, our mission giving over the last year has, had jumped, you know, significantly, which was great. Uh, it needs to jump a lot more, but it will. As we, our church is still fairly new. A lot of people that fill our churches are still pretty new to their faith and learning this idea. Just giving to the church on a regular basis is like, whoa, that's an earth shaker to them. Um, once the church becomes more secure and more much, mature, uh, people once a month, like we do today on missions, give above and beyond. Churches our size, this isn't, just, I hope it's not discouraging to people, but <laughs> churches our size generally give like half a million dollars a year to missions. We're at 150,000, better than the 90,000 we did the year before. So we're growing. We're going to get there as people start understanding. And that is pure sacrificial giving. When you give to missions, like we're going to go do at the end of our services today, you are given in an area where you don't get anything back other than pure by faith and God's blessing in your life. Because stop and think about it. Uh, in a sense, when we give at church, we're kind of still benefiting from that. The nice chairs that you sit in are because you give here. The lights come on because you give here. The programs for your kids, all that stuff happens to benefit your life. So in a sense, when you're giving to the church, you're helping to still do things that you benefit from. When you give to missions, you don't get jack, all right? This is except in heaven, laying up in heaven, churches in heaven, because you can't benefit from, from it at all. We give to these uh, orphanages, to these different missionary outreaches, Jimmy Bratcher, um, you know, goes in these prison stuff. We are pretty much the only church that totally underwrites that stuff for him. You take part in all of that touching people's lives, stuff that doesn't come right back to you except by uh, blessing. Um, all right, what else we got? Oh, we also launched our, lost our Transition One program, our gap year program for uh, graduating seniors. That's the first time we did it. We have a small group of young people, and these guys are gold. I mean, it's wonderful to be speaking into their lives. What that program is, is we're encouraging people. When you finish with high school, instead of jumping right off into college, and some of you, honestly, I don't want to get into it, but you really need to think that through. Some of you are spending a fortune sending kids to school that have no idea what they want to do with their lives. What are you doing? A hundred grand? So you can get a degree in history, which means nothing. And I mean, I, I don't understand why you would, and a lot of you think on this, these kids are graduating college with huge student debts and it's a big millstone wrapped around their necks and stuff. Now, if you, they have purpose, they know what they want to do and college is part of that, then fine. I'm just trying to challenge people to rethink this automated thing that we're doing. It's really kind of creating a lot of problems for people. But no matter whether you choose to go or not, my point is, take one year. You graduate from high school, take one year where you put God first in your life. And we have this one-year transition program, you know, not a full year, but the nine months of like a school year, where we teach you about life. 
We teach you about spiritual values. We teach you about how to handle finances, how to make the right decisions, how to be a leader in your life, how to approach dating and the whole marriage thing, all this stuff. We give you all this information. And then, that's just for a few months, and then at the end uh, of the school year, three months, we send you to a missions field, which you can pick from several different places. Uh, and it's, I'm telling you, these kids, their lives are going to be changed forever. When they come back, it is remarkable. Now, we encourage people to do short-term mission trips. A lot of adults in our church, I know people from Appleton Point here, uh, have gone to Myanmar and stuff. And it's great. And, and our, our help build, uh, you know, wells in uh, South America. But those are pretty short trips. They're like, you know, seven days or so. It's kind of like a vacation in, in a sense, you know. It's, it's not, you know, partying, but it's, you know, it's a short and it's kind of fun. When you stay over there months... Now we're talking, and it will be a life changer. Life is different out there in the world. Do you know not every place has Wi-Fi? (laughs) We were just up in the UP. (laughs) There's no Wi-Fi in this place. Ah! It was going through withdrawal symptoms. Helps you to refocus, find out what's real. There's not a fast food chain restaurant on every corner. Life is different. Uh, and, but, and they're going to really get a chance of speaking into people's lives. But I promise you, when these young people with us this year go, and now they go to college and they go on with their lives, they are going to be empowered young people who I promise you will succeed much more than if they just take it off in the first place. Um, I know we all need to deal with careers and stuff like that, but the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And if you will do that, we'll add all these things to you. What we have done, many of us, is we get our kids to seek. That's the first! And kind of add Jesus along the way, and then we have the crashing and the messing up in their lives, and we're trying to play fix it later and stuff. I'm telling you, you, I know you love your children. You want to see them really succeed. Encourage them. Take that year. Take that year. One year of their life. They will not die. They will thrive as a result. Anyway, we started this program this year, and it's been fabulous. We're so excited about it. Uh, what's the next slide? Uh, so, uh, we've had uh, less debt, more ministry. Uh, we're still working to, to refinancing the church. We'll just say it was a quarter of a million dollars a year. It'd be a lot. Nice. We're still working through that. That's taken forever. Come, we're, we're having a family meeting tomorrow night here. And, and over the next few uh, couple of weeks or on the campuses, we'll talk more about that. Uh, there's a facility upgrades in Stevens Point, uh, financing for Appleton Church, all these things that we still need to do. Uh, we want to expand our multi-site broadcast. We'd like to make it possible for me to be at the other campuses from time to time and reverse the signal. So right now we can send it to them, but they can't send it back. And then I'm like, you know, where's Waldo? You know, where's Pastor Mark today? You know, different campuses popping up. It'll be great. Uh, it will mean so much to them. And, uh, you know, we need to be all together one big family. What else is there? Uh, we want to offer more missions trips uh, and continue to give to our uh, missions outreaches and, and Continue to grow as a congregation. All right, is that it? Uh, those are where we're at so far. $1.1 million. We're just a little bit shy of our goal, so we're going to finish this up, uh, take a break for a while, and then head in the fall, and we want to come up with a new set of visions and dreams and stuff like that so we can do great things. How do we reach these goals? Everybody joins. We all pray. We all give. We all sacrifice together. Is that it? That is it. All right. All right, so uh, we are having a... Uh, our annual family meetings, this starting this week, tomorrow night here at a Green Bay campus, 6.30. Uh, 
uh, in Appleton Thursday night at 6.30. Next Monday night in Stevens Point at 6.30. Uh, then also, I'm doing one with the Latino campus, but I'm sure you're not interested. <laughs> They're not hearing me right now. So, uh, and, and this opportunity where we get together and just talk about some of the basic down-to-earth operations and goals and stuff uh, in the church and give an opportunity for people to ask questions. If you have questions, it's a good time to come and just raise your hand. Well, what about this? What about that? And, and anything's free game. Nothing's off limits. You know, we're assuming you're going to be nice. This is not an airing of grievances. You know, for all you Seinfeld fans, this isn't Festivus. <laughs> the airing of grievances. I hate you. No, I hate the way we do this. That's, that's you know, uh, that's not really what this is designed to be. Uh, but to come and ask questions and just and uh, say, how long does it last? It depends on how many questions. <laughs> Could be a real short meeting or whatever. But it's just a way of kind of connecting. Uh, so. You're a member of the church. Come and be at these uh, family meetings. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Okay, now my little sermonette for this morning because I don't have a whole lot of time left. I need my uh, little dealy bob. Here, I'm going to draw on this. Give Vanna a nice hand there. <laughs> so naughty. All right. Second Corinthians, the first... Chapter. Uh, I want to read to you now. Uh, Thess- I'm sorry, first Thess- Second Thessalonians. There we go. Uh, tell you a little bit about Thessalonians. Now, this is one of the early letters that Paul wrote. The Bible, uh, except for Genesis and Revelations, is largely out of order. It's not in the right order. Well, uh, the Gospels come in at the right spot, but everything else is kind of jacked up. I don't know why. I don't know who made the decision to put the books in the order that they are. It's like trying to read a Stephen King novel with chapters all mixed around. It's really confusing. Uh, but the way, the first letter that Paul wrote, in the, which we call epistles, a fancy word for a letter, to the church was the letter of the Galatians, which we just did on Wednesday night. You should come on Wednesday nights. That's where you really learn about the Bible. This is the second group of people that he wrote to. First and second Thessalonians, and he wrote, writes the letters virtually back to back. And these are brand new Christians that he didn't get a chance to stick around and encourage very long because of his missionary journey. So he's out doing his thing and he wants to write a letter back to these guys. Here's one of the things that he says to these new Christians. He says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, everybody say power. All right, there, that was overwhelming. Everybody say power. Yeah, we need some power. Thank you very much. He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. This morning, I want to just very simply now, just talk a very basic message that I hope will be positive for you and encourage you to, about desires. How do we deal with desires? Now, the Bible teaches us uh, in great detail in the New Testament that we have within us basically two sets of desires. This is very complicated. Uh, One set is called the good desires. (laughs) And the other set are called bad desires. Are, are you tracking with me? All right? Good and bad. And we have these in us. Even as Christians, we come to Christ. Now, without Jesus, your success here is highly unlikely. You're going to be overwhelmed with this. That's why we're covered in sins and everything. And, but thank God for Jesus. Uh, as we've been sharing lately, the simplicity of the gospel message is simply this. God made it. We broke it. Jesus fixed it. And he comes and he sets this right. And now 
Uh, we still have to deal, though, with both of these desires. But now we can do this because of Christ in our lives. But still, it's important to do it. Um, because good desires in your life will lead to life. The bad ones will lead to, anybody have an idea? Death, you're brilliant. Death. Okay. Now, when we say life and death, we're not talking about actually breathing versus you know, being in a box. It's just there's things in life that are full of blessings and success and wonderful things called life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And you could have it more abundantly. That's why he came, so you could live here where things will be wonderful. Here is when your life really sucks. Everything's bad. Things are broken. Nothing's working. Where's God? Ah. Now, if you want this, then you need to make sure that we're spinning off of the good desires. What are the good desires? Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, faithfulness. All these things are good desires that you all have in you. Wow, wonderful things. Here, anger, lust, uh, you know, bitterness, unforgiveness, fear, insecurities, all these bad things. Greed. Uh, for those of you who are still bummed because you didn't win a billion dollars last night. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Okay, so now, so the key is we want to breathe life into, you know, Paul is saying, I'm praying for you guys. Again, he didn't spend much time with them. He came, they were just pagans out of nowhere. He comes, tells them about Jesus. Wow, it's so cool. And then he takes off. Wow. So there's really new in their faith and stuff. And he says, you guys, I want to tell you how much I love you and I'm encouraging you. And I am praying that God will bring by his power, fulfill the good desires that are in you. Make this stuff come alive in you. Now, so you want to feed this, all right? Now, we were just up in the uh, UP uh, this last week, took a week off for snowmobiling and uh, with several friends from the church. We, we had a blast. It was great. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, they thought it was horrible up there, the, the natives. Uh, we were at Watersmeet, Michigan. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the name of the high school team, you know, like you got the different teams. The name in water, the Nimrods. <laughs> Welcome to Watersmeet, the home of the Nimrods. We're like, what? <laughs> Can you imagine all the, hey, a bunch of Nimrods? I mean, what, what is that? And so we said, somebody look at what Nimrod means. It can't possibly, a Nimrod is a skilled hunter or a real dork, you know? <laughs> I think most people think dork, right? When you think Nimrod, what a dork. So. You think your school sucked? You're glad you weren't a Nimrod. All right. So, so but we had one of they, they thought that the, the, uh, the, the, the conditions were awful because they didn't have 10 feet of snow like they normally have. You know, they had a foot and a half or whatever. We, we were in heaven, man. This was great. It was like green. Man. It was like, woo! So we had a good time. Well, we'd be out running like for 100 miles, you know. Then we'd come home uh, back to the uh, cabin that we rented. And the first thing is that we wanted to light a fire, right? And, and, and uh, now... In, in our home, my lovely wife over there, and I, we have, uh, you know, instant fire. You know, we hit a button and... And, and I can sit there for hours. <sighs> you know, checking out, watching games and stuff like that because, you know, I'm by this wonderful insta-fire. Uh, but 
when you don't have that and you have to do a real fire, now it's really much nicer, the smell from it and all this stuff, but it takes work. That you have to work at. That was energy. We had to take and we had to, you know, get the things and, you know, get the burning and stuff. And we had to crank a little window open so that air would come in and, you know, next to the fireplace and, and blow it up. And then the girls would say, it's cold, shut the door. You know, going, would you stop out? We need this for the fire. So this, this was our constant argument there. So, but the more we would feed the fire, the more it would just roar to life. And it was gorgeous. And you had these great fires going and, and the smell of the fire and the crackling and stuff. It was so cool. But here's the thing. If you quit paying attention to the fire, you know what happened? You go out. This is awful. So we had to do it again. And we had to keep paying attention. Someone had, and it's like that when it comes to feeding the good desires in our lives. All right? Now, two ways that you do it. Number one is just uh, intentionally. Everybody say intentional. It happens on purpose. You focus on this stuff on purpose. And in Paul's case, he say, I am praying that God will use the power of the Holy Spirit to really flame this in you, to bring this to life, which will lead to life in you. And success and blessings and things will be good in your life because of these good desires coming to life. Now, one of the best ways you can do this intentionally, and we'll keep it very simple today. There's lots of different ways you can do this. But one of the most basic ways you can just do it is just come to church. If you come to church, this is what happens. You come and you get encouraged and we sing the songs and we pray together and we hear a message and all this stuff. And people usually hear going, oh man, that was great. You know, we just, oh, fired up. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to do that. And then, ah, oh, well, now I can coast. You know, I, I did that, so, you know, I don't have to come to church for, you know, several weeks or a couple of months. <laughs> and I'm talking to our congregation here. Hello, Celebration Church, all right? A lot of you squirrels. I love you, Mwah. but you're slackers, all right? And, uh, and you come, and, and you think you're coast, but you don't coast. There's no coasting in church. It's like a movie. There's no crying in baseball, okay? There's no coasting in church. You don't coast. The minute you stop being intentional, you start feeding into this. It is our sinful nature. This is what happens. And, and, and a, lot, a lot of people live this cycle. Christians, they're here and they get this little charge and then they coast and then everything's just, uh, 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 uh. there's some, oh, I need to get back to church. I know because some of you tell me this. Oh, it's been a while. I got to need to come back to church. So you get your little fix for a while and then you go, ha, ha, and you, but then all this comes out. And now you can do this. Some people do this forever. But there's consequences to this. Your life overwhelmingly is surrounded by death and things fail and things fall apart and, and they struggle and things just don't click. And, you know, and the good news is we'll always be here for you and we'll encourage you and we'll always be Humpty, you know, the king's horses and king's men and put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But better not to break into a thousand pieces, Right? The people who are casual just in their church attendance. So well, I believe what you believe. I know. I love God as much as you. I know. Well, I'm a real committed. I know, I know, I know. But what you don't do is you don't come to church very often. And you certainly don't do it consistently. And then you just. And these are the people. Oh, my kids are a disaster. My daughter ran off with a, you know, you know, creepy motorcycle guy or nothing. Not all motorcycles are creepy, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I drive motorcycles now, and that's cool. Peace, all right? So, uh, 
Or, you know, oh, I, I can't stand my husband or wife. You know, we're getting a divorce. You know, oh, I did things I shouldn't. You know, I got, you know, I got addiction problems. All these things happen. But they happen. It's all extremely predictable. What happens is when life falls apart and I'm strung out on this, that, or the other, and my kids are a disaster, and my marriage is falling apart. I'm from Christian. Some of you, Point, Appleton, some of you guys here, three, four, five years, that's, that's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to be. And, and we'll be here for you, and we'll hold your hand, and we'll cry with you, and we'll work you through it, but it's as predictable as can possibly be. You don't have to do that. It doesn't have to happen. Some of you, no matter what I say, will still do this. And I get that. I'm trying to encourage some of you who will listen to me to live here. Live here. All this stuff happens on purpose. It's done intentionally. And as people of faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this really starts glowing inside of you. And your life is filled with life and success and blessings and good things. And the Bible talks about blessings overtaking you. What a problem. What's wrong? So many good things are happening. You know, and it's like, wow, you can actually live there. And your relationships can thrive. And your life can be blessed. Again, if you keep playing this game and you start, we will always be here for you. God loves you. We love you. No matter what. And we will work through life with you. And we have some wonderful people in our church, you know, who uh, over the years, I mean, we started with them, you know, eight years ago at the beginning of Celebration Church. Some of them today are, their lives have kind of splinters. But we're still there for them. You know who you are and we love you. And I know you think you know that we love you. And, uh, and it's fine, but it's not a mystery about this half. You know, we got people in our church today who were really committed, who are, who are in jail today. <laughs> They're in prison this morning. Members of this congregation. Why? They just did stupid things. They know they did stupid things. Well, why did that? I don't know why I did. I don't know why I made the choice. Well, it's because of this. You didn't do this. And when you don't do this, this is always, always the go-to position. There is no coasting. There's never coasting. You're either being intentional, and then some of us are actually intentional here. Because you read really bad books, and you watch really bad movies, and you make really bad choices. And now, not only does this natural man, now you're being intentional, and this really starts to glow, which leads to just all kinds of death. People say, well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with reading that book. It's a really good story. Yeah, I'm sure it's a good story. It's really awful what they're doing, but it's a good story. But that's like, you know, this, you know, this poison tastes really good because we put a lot of good flavoring in it. <laughs> that's still poison. Get a clue, people. You know, you say, well, that one thing's not going to make it. No, it's a cumulative effect. The movies, the choices, the websites you go to, all this stuff. And it just starts. You're either always feeding this or feeding this. There is no coasting. There's no difference. And the minute, all you got to do is stop doing this and start coasting, and then immediately this will start. Much less when you start making the bad decisions and your life will struggle. Paul writes about this. These are the Christians who are so frustrated. They don't seem to be able to pull it together. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Sound familiar? For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep doing. Sound familiar? Now people say, well, then Paul really struggled. No, no, no. Paul was just pointing out what happens when you live in that world. Because he says, he goes on to say, those who live according 
to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. That's what feeds this, okay? Those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So it's here. What are you going to do? It's all in you. It happens here in your head with curly hair. The question is, where is your head at? We choose one or the other. It's very intentional, no matter what we do. If, this is what I, this is what I pray. I want to pray what Paul prayed for us, that God will, by the power of his Holy Spirit, just make this glow, glow inside of us. That people that come to this church, the one thing that will overwhelmingly mark them is they are so full of life. So, Pastor, I make mistakes. Okay, if you make mistakes, we love you, we'll forgive you. God forgives you. And we gotta make, people always mess up. Nobody's perfect, you know? Bob, he's, Bob's perfect, but besides that, nobody else is perfect. We all make mistakes, we all stumble, we all fall, I get that. Man, it's so hard. It takes a lot of energy not to live here, right? It's just your natural intention is la la la, ah! you know, this vortex sucking us in, ah! you know, we got to make sure we don't fall into that, and we do this, and again, one of the most intentional ways you can do, best thing, just come to church. People who come to church on a regular basis tend to live here, and, and surveys show people who are regular churchgoers, their lives are dramatically better. Their marriages are dramatically better. Divorce rates, much lower. But when you ever read these stories, look at them closely. What they'll always put out is the people who report going to church more than once a week. Wow. These are the ones, they just glow. And full of life. People go to church twice. People, regular churchgoers, again, they tend to fare better, even like, like marriage or something, like less divorce, but just marginally. It's not dramatic. What's dramatic are people who go to church more than once a week. Two times a week. Those are the ones. They have among the lowest divorce rates in the world. The healthiest children in the world. The most successful lives that are ah, and not Ugh. All right? Now, again, I'll be thrilled if we just get most of you coming once a week. But you want to really thrive? Come to the Wednesday night Bible studies too. Get this in you. Well, I know I, I work and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scuzzy. Come scuzzy. We don't get this church doesn't care how you look. <laughs> Man, those guys this morning wearing shorts. You got to be hardcore in Green Bay this weather to be wearing shorts. You know, God bless them. I don't care. The only one who really dresses up in this church is me. It's true. Do you know why? Because I got to watch myself on TV. You want to see yourself? Look at yourself on TV. It's one thing to think you're really good looking and then see that you're really ugly. On TV. It's a horrifying experience. If you've ever done it, it is quite horrifying. I, I tried to do the cool pastor thing. You know, wearing the jeans and the, the loose jeans and the shirt hanging over the top. And singing I, I look like a homeless person. I, I did. It was horrible. You were standing in the foyer with your coffee cup. People are throwing in quarters and stuff as they go by. So, you know, what? So I finally got tired of it. So I started dressing up. So I don't look quite so horrifying. But we don't care what you, you can come here looking like a Walmart shopper. <laughs> Seriously, have you seen these people? 
You're outside like that? You've got to be kidding me. It's when you want a good time, go after 11 at night. Just walk around Walmart. It's, it's, just take your cell phone and I mean, you will laugh your butt off. It, it is horrifying. They shop in their pajamas. Have you seen these people? In their pajamas. Now you can come to church in your pajamas. I don't care. People may not want to sit next to you, but I don't care. Just come. I'm tired. Come tired. Oh, I'd rather sit. I know. We don't, I'd rather sit at home. I, this is what's always pulling on us. You know what I want to do? Nothing. It's true. I know I'm not freaking somebody out because you think I'm this really spiritual guy. And I just, I just wake up in the morning. All I want to do is hallelujah. Read the Bible for five hours. First of all, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I get out of bed and, you know, our morning, morning greetings are more like, it takes a while, several hours in my case, to finally get going. I don't feel like, I don't want to, but I got to do it. If I do it, because if I don't, you know what happens? Ah! I don't like this. It's really bad. There's something about death. It stinks. It reeks. Dead people are very smelly people. I don't like the reeking. I'm Puerto Rican, not just reeking. All right? So we want life, not death. But you do it intentionally. It's not that hard, but it does take a decision. Where am I going to live? I'm going to live here. I'm going to do this on purpose. I'm going to do it intentionally. You know? And again, come on Wednesday nights. I'm serious. That's where you really learn the Bible. And it's not a service. There's no singing. There's no no. no, no Group it's not, it's not like a service here. It's 6.45, I open the Bible, we start teaching, 7.45, I shut up. All right? And for one hour, I show you, and we really get these little mini sermons here on Sunday morning. I'm, hopefully it encourages you, but that's just the peace. The people, again, you want to glow? <sighs> Kirsty, she's a glower. Oh, she's a pretty girl. Oh. You do it on purpose. And even physically, people who look really good usually do it on purpose. Very few of you wake up looking this way. <laughs> Actually, a lot of you don't recognize me when I'm out in the week because I, I do look like a homeless person. As <laughs> I dress like a slob a week long. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I'm done. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the irony of this whole thing. You know who really needs to hear this? The people who aren't here. That's, that's what's so insane about this. So you need to encourage your friends and say, man, you need to go to church. Oh, ah, that's where your life stinks. That's where your life stinks. You don't want to stink, you go over here. And encourage each other. Encourage each other to do life. I'm done. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you that we can have life. We have life in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, as Paul prayed, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would bring to fruition the good desires that you've placed inside of us so that we can walk in life and be a blessing and glow in the world that we are. 
Oh, God, for those who keep falling back in this other stuff, at some point, Lord, I pray they would just get sick and tired of being sick and tired and get intentional because life happens on purpose. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Bless you.